Welcome to Dove and Dragon Radio. I'm your host, Emma Ustruck. I'm here with special guest, Amanda Normine. Welcome. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on today. I appreciate it. Now, we have a couple things that you go into. You have the tech solutions, but you also have another company on top of that. So which came first? So the recruiting company came first. Um, and actually, the tech company was born out of necessity when we started the recruiting company. So it's kind of funny. They always joke when you're an entrepreneur, right? You never really know what your next step is. And truer <laughs> words were never spoken. I did not anticipate owning one company, let alone two. <laughs> I understand completely going into publishing publishing isn't just publishing publishing is six different companies oh, yeah i can only imagine the amount that you juggle and and so similar place right you go in you start with one thing and then another is needed and before you know it just kind of piles up exactly so let's go into your recruiting firm first what led you into it and a little bit about what makes it different so kind of an interesting story. I never, again, never really set out to say, hey, I want to be a recruiter. Um, it was uh, just kind of fell into it because it fits so very well in that the company that I formed um, was secondary. I started with a, cons a consulting firm, right? So it was a nationwide recruiting group. Um, and that's where I cut my teeth and kind of learned the good, the bad, and the ugly and thought, hey, I can do this a little different. Um, but it was really in that early 2000s that I started in recruiting and back when things were good. Um, and then, of course, the market really took a tank in 2008 and recruiting changed. Um, it went from filling jobs and just kind of putting people in seats to really being a more consultative approach. And that's when my company was born. I realized that coming from this, you know, plug and play uh, recruitment franchise, there was a lot that was left behind and we were just checking boxes and not really helping people or, you know, taking them where they needed to be. Um, I also have a passion for the outdoor industry. So I thought, how fun would it be to start a company that focuses on active lifestyle and serves the industry that I love? So um, that's what we did. I started a recruiting firm, uh, broke out away from the franchise and said, hey, we're going to place people in places that just feel their, their soul and fill their hearts. And so we broke out and then realized, oh, my gosh, I don't have a way to keep things straight. Right. I have no way to organize anything. And so I went from feeling like I was super great at this recruiting job to realizing that I am really only as great as the tools that I have. Exactly. Um, so, so I'm like, well, Salesforce will fix it, right? So I look at Salesforce and I realize that as a new business, I don't have $15,000 for a database, right? Mm -hmm. I, you know, I have no idea what I'm going to do now. And I'm just kind of looking around saying, how do we fix this? So that was when company number two was formed. We partnered with an international firm that does software development and they custom built us the software that I call, we, we now call it David, um, but it is a hunting software and it's named David for David and Goliath because it's meant to slay giants, right? It's for the little guys that just need to keep their data. And that was how the second company was born. We just kind of made this product and it helps our lifeblood. And so now I'm like, well, now I have two companies and 
Um, and so then, of course, we had to add a nonprofit in there because it wasn't enough just to have two. Exactly. Well, okay. So your nonprofit, you're helping more people, obviously. That's mm -hmm. what nonprofits do. But then you have the um, your recurring firm. And it's great that your mission statement is to have people placed in fields that actually fuel their passion. It's not just oh, I have this degree, I got this degree because mom and dad said I had to have it. It's something they're actually passionate about. Absolutely. And honestly, in this market, it's funny, but people care less about the compensation and how, you know, how much money you're going to give me. It's more about what does it feel like to work for you? Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you're an outdoor person and your job involves camping at least one weekend a month, I mean, that right there is half your pay, right? And so it's just fun to work with opportunities that embrace that personal side. And we get to talk to people about really cool things about what they do in their spare time and, and puttering in their garage and then help turn that passion into reality for them. That is a wonderful and excellent mission statement. I mean, okay, you have so many people that are in jobs right now because of A, money, B, because that's what they were told to do since they were little, they had to do it. And it's not something they are passionate about. Then you have the ones that are, are nomads, that are passionate about life, and they are looking for jobs like what you're finding, and they don't know where to begin. You know, and it's sad. I, I talk to so many people who, when they talk about their job, it's just a job. You know, mm -hmm. they they don't light up. They don't get excited. And it breaks my heart because I can't talk about my job without lighting up because I love what I do. And that wasn't the case before I started my own company. And, and so I think that's kind of one of our big mission statements. I mean, even if we don't place someone, my biggest thing is helping to empower people to realize that we each have something amazing to offer the world never get stuck in somewhere that you're not happy when we spend far too much time at our jobs to not love what we do. Exactly. We spend, okay, the average work day, and I'm just saying average because it varies for people to people, is a nine to five. Think about it. You're at work eight to 10 hours a day. You should love being there. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting to watch youth as they're kind of learning what work is. And it, it, you know, everything has changed from when I was younger and looking at jobs and the way that, um, that our young workforce looks at what's important is so vastly different. And, and it's interesting because we're watching the workforce change. We're watching the way that we operate and everything that we know about everything evolve. And my biggest concern is that I feel like we lose some of that heart and some of that communication piece because people just believe that they don't, you know, they don't have to pick something they love. They're just picking their careers based on, well, I'm good at math, so I could probably do this. Mm -hmm. Kids aren't really asking themselves, what do I want to do every day for the rest of my life? And I just, you know, if I could get people to, to take five minutes before they go to college or make a choice, um, you know, to just Take a minute and say, what do I actually want to do? How am I going to apply this? And am I going to burn out doing that in five years? Because so many people don't ask those basic questions, you know, and then they get stuck. I, that's my, where my daughter is. She graduated high school and 
the mentality was I graduated high school. I have to immediately go to college for this field that I really don't like. And she really didn't like the program she was in in high school that was preparing her for college. She took it because it was an AZA. Yep. So we actually took a year off. We might do two years off just so she can travel and see what she's actually passionate about. Right. It, it, so much can be gained from that. And I feel like the pace that we keep in this world, right? It's like, all right, go to school, get out of school, get a job. Um, you know, you're just checking boxes and kids aren't given a chance to just slow down and say, just because I'm good at something doesn't mean I like it. Just because mm-hmm. I like something doesn't mean I'm good at it. Right. A career is the marriage of the two, right? It's the marriage of passions and abilities. And I just, you know, I feel like with the way that we've evolved in so much technology, we now rely on computer programs to crank out and say, oh, hey, what you would be great at is an astronomer, right? And they're basing this on you sitting in front of a computer and and putting in different data points. Mm -hmm. It's not based on anything else. And I, uh, it's funny, my business partner and I, we spend a lot of time in local schools and meeting with uh, high schoolers through our capstone programs where we get a chance to talk to them and say, so what, what is your plan? And do you know how many people base their plan entirely on that computer program that told them what they should be their freshman year? Oh, yeah. How many times I'm a little bit old schooler, a little bit older than you, where we had this paper test our seventh grade year. You click the boxes, you know, what you're good at, what you like, what you're passionate about, actually went into passion. And my career path, I think, was a librarian. (laughs) yep no it's it is crazy I was supposed to be a doctor um, according to going through because I was always really really good in school I know how to answer questions the way that people want them to be answered right I was just very adept at that and um and I never needed to study and so I could I could whiz a science exam right I hate science hate it hate it hate it you would not want me as your doctor trust me and if every day I was trying to pay off a huge loan that I had taken to amass 10 years of, you know, post high school education, but I'm going to a job I hate every day to pay off these hundreds of thousands of dollars in loans. We're not serving anyone well, right? Like no one is happy in that equation. And that's what I feel like we're seeing so much is we're losing that human aspect in helping people select one of the most important things in their life and that it important. is i mean how many times do we as professionals go and meet a new professional because we have the network for whatever could be anything from marketing to ad placements to hey i'm going to a new restaurant that just opened how many times do we get that one person that is so grumpy at their job and makes the entire experience a living nightmare yes And I'm sure as we're talking about it, anybody that's listening can think of that one person that they have recently interacted with. And the first thing I think is, man, you hate your job. But their hate of their job has now impacted my day and Mm -hmm. anyone else that they've interfaced with. And it's just, and that's kind of our, uh, you know, our biggest thing in, in our advocacy 
no matter what age you are, no matter where you are in your life, if you are unhappy with your career, do something about it. We're in the perfect market that you could take control and and make a difference. Um, But people get apathetic and they're just, they don't see a way out and it's heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. It is. Now with your program, how can people find it to connect with the tech place and then with the placement of people? Sure. So Normine Lombard is my recruiting firm and you can find us at normine-lombard.com or without the hyphen, we're on both sites. Um, That firm specializes in consumer goods placement. So if you have experience with any type of product, um, we have different, I run the active outdoor segment. We have a food segment. We have general consumer, um, but we do placements across the consumer goods space. There are other groups like us that specialize in other segments, and um, I'm super active on LinkedIn. I always encourage people to reach out to me. If I can't personally help them, I have a huge network of people that can, and we always love to pay it forward and giving suggestions and, you know, and how to, how to make it happen. As far as the IT side, our website is Signal, spelled S-Y-G-N-L, dot U-S. And we do custom, um, custom software builds for small and growing companies. Um, we have e-commerce platforms. Our goal through there is to serve the small groups that can't afford Salesforce or that doesn't have a ton of money to be able to roll out a major platform. Um, and so you can connect with me online or, like I said, through LinkedIn is the best way to, to kind of catch both sides. See, I love that you brought up LinkedIn. How many business professionals don't use LinkedIn? You know, it's I love that site. It is so I've met so many wonderful people. See, I use LinkedIn and Shaper. Okay, I married the two. So I have connections that I marry between the two of them. If I'm here, you're there, too. That way I can connect you to either group. Nice. I haven't used Shaper before. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it's Marion and it links back to LinkedIn. Really? Okay. So it's literally married. But at the same time, we have the older generation of entrepreneurs and business owners that don't use the new tech of Shaper. And then you have the younger group of entrepreneurs that don't know LinkedIn. Yeah, and it's, it's funny. It's, it's hard to, being a recruiter, it's hard to know what sites to go on. But definitely there's different sites for different demographics. But LinkedIn is kind of that constant that I always tell people, you want a recruiter to find you, have a LinkedIn profile. It is absolutely important. It's going to bring you to the top. Every recruiter I know uses LinkedIn as one of their tools in their belt. It's not just recruiters. As a business owner, if you don't have a LinkedIn profile and you're going to a company that's, you know, more than just restaurants or, you know, day laborers, I'm talking about the ones that you need a degree for. If you have a LinkedIn profile because you have the degree, a business owner is going to look at that because that is your resume. It, and it absolutely is. And it helps you. So I've known so many people that they'll even be, you know, mid-career. And they're like, oh, I've got to make a resume. I'm like, what do you mean you've got to make a resume? How do you, how do you not have one made? And they redo it every time. And it's like LinkedIn is so great because it gives you everything you need. So if you ever do want to do a facelift or refresh, you literally have everything documented and you can just keep that thing fresh. It's I use that in lieu of a resume for some of our candidates even. 
it, it does work that way. I mean, I'm not in your space, but as a business owner, that's how I look at my candidates when I'm looking to recruit, if I don't have a recruiter coming to me. Absolutely. And especially if you are looking for a salesperson and they're endorsed by people you want to sell to, you're like, oh, hey, there's it's, it's automatic validity that exists. So yeah, if you don't have a LinkedIn page, you're missing the boat. <laughs> you're missing a lot of things you're really. not even on the dock <laughs> <laughs> yeah you haven't got there yet it's okay we're gonna get you the coastline then you can figure out if you want to jump on the boat or not or watch it leave absolutely absolutely but yeah I think having that is so important because yeah that's that's where you'll find me um you know and I'm an open networker so I always accept connections and uh, you know love to love to grow that network See, now with your tech company, let's get back into the how that is into your space. How does this actually help you? What does that actually look like from a David Goliath's point of view? Sure. So truly, our tech helps us be the David in the situation, right? Every day we are slaying giants. So I have a team of nine people. My team of nine people serves behemoth organizations, like huge groups. And the key is we have to find a needle in a haystack. Our software system allows us to do that. Um, so our software system really allows us to kind of know who we've talked to. Um, it manages our hunt right down to who we need to call today, how many times we've called them. Um, it doesn't let people fall through the cracks. And so it is an amazing tool that we actually are launching to the public this March. Um, and it's going to be basically a subscription system of under $10 a seat. So if you have, if you have a team of five for under $50 a month, you have a database that will house portfolios, resumes, um, documents, contracts. Um, we actually have catered it to fit not only recruiting, um, but for nonprofits, for small groups, anyone that's trying to grow or trying to either sell a product, um, grow exposure, it's great for that Mary Kay rep, you know, that wants to manage all of the sales, right? It doesn't matter if you're large or small. This software system is going to be a great tool. And I'm super excited to be taking out to trade shows here in a few months. That is awesome. Make sure I get a link for that subscription service as soon as it comes up because the cheapest one I've found that on a subscription for seats is under $50 a seat. Yep. Oh, absolutely. For, for our system, the way that we use it, mm -hmm. our monthly cost would be over $5,000 for our team every month mm -hmm. just to be able to house our data. And the problem is then my data is even owned by these other companies. So it costs me a ton of money if I ever want to move it out of there. Mm -hmm. Our goal is that you control your data. You just pay to host it. We pay 20 bucks a month for Amazon to be our host so that we can control the security of our data. We have a team that sets it up for you and it houses the system itself. And that way you don't pay overages if you want to store like a big contract that has digital files or something that's large. So many companies, they get you coming and going the second you start storing more than just names and addresses. And exactly. so it, I yeah. mean, just in publishing, if, okay, what a uh, contract for an author, you have the contract, which is a four page piece of paper. Okay. We all know the four page piece of paper, but then you have the digital work of their work 
their manuscript. That can be anywhere from 100 pages to 600 pages. So that your file size just on that one author varies. And that, that was what we were up against when we're like, okay, it wasn't necessarily finding a data management tool. I mean, there's basic Google stuff that does that, but also then managing our files. We deal with designers where we have, um, you know, highly compressed digital files um, that give you know, anything from graphic design through to solid work files. And those things are big. And we were finding that we would add one file and we'd be paying $5 a month just to house that file that we may never even care about because it's just attached to a candidate in there. And that started adding up so quickly. And so we, we had to come up with a new solution. And, and that's where David was born. And honestly, if it weren't for that software, our company would not be anywhere as successful as we are today. Yeah, that, that piece of tech is so needed within the business world right now. I mean, any bit, I'm taking it back to publishing because I know the publishing space, but I also knew the music space and the entertainment space. So my files, my contracts could be anywhere from music to a video file to, you know, whatever. One file for me to have it stored is yeah. astronomical. It could be just something that say, hey, can you take a look at this? And I may not care about it, two seconds after I look at, at it, but I have to keep it for 10 years. It, absolutely. And, and that's where the system comes in handy because then you're only scaling your server space. Basically, you're just renting a bigger digital oh. room and it's next to nothing because the way that the way that the world works, um, you know, it's pretty much readily on demand, whether you want to house it here internationally. Um, and so it was like I said, just by happenstance that we met the team that helped us take this to the world um, because they realized what a great tool it was as well. And they're like, hey, you know, we'll support you. And so through that partnership, because I am not a developer, um, but luckily our, our partner is. And so they have kind of created this wonderful forum in which it can be used in many different ways. And um, like I said, I do a lot in the nonprofit world and nonprofits cannot afford general software systems, 10 bucks a month, a nonprofit can afford. Yeah, a nonprofit. Okay, let's look at the nonprofit <laughs> because I'll be opening that later this year. A nonprofit is not operating for profits. All profits have to go back into the company that they're serving, right? Yep. And it's meant to serve community needs. Well, if I have a $10 product that makes sense versus the $1,500 product that I really can't afford because I can take that $10 and do the same thing and have this extra money now for my community, because that's what I was supposed to be served for, you know, it makes better money sense. Well, and in all honesty, every board I've served on makes up of volunteers who are mostly retired individuals. Mm -hmm. Those people are not ready to learn an advanced level Salesforce system to be able to contribute to their nonprofit, right? We're going to be lucky if they just put in basic info. And that was also why we created the system. So it's super easy to use, easy in, easy out. Um, you know, that's kind of quote unquote dummy proof that was made for like my business partner hates tech. Mm -hmm. So it, I, I kind of say that, hey, this was built for him. 
So if if he can master this, anyone can master it. And he even says that. So I don't feel too bad. <laughs> that is wonderful. Because if you think of Easter Seals, Easter Seals is ran by your elderly demographic over 65. 90% of their force, their volunteers are over 65. This is a known fact. They are not going to... I've been in some of their offices and they still have the compact from 1995. So they're not going to learn a complex system when they can barely know the keyboard. Absolutely. You know, truer words were never spoken. And, and it's funny, I've been on the board of a lot of, you know, tech founding boards, right? Where mm-hmm. We put together amazing tech. Like um, I worked with uh, our manufacturing institute out here to demonstrate manufacturing 4.0. So where you'll put on AR, VR glasses, and that's how you operate machinery. And the biggest barrier to getting people to adapt to these new technologies, honestly, is getting people to not be afraid of it Mm -hmm. and getting people to embrace it. And it's that is the hardest part. And so it's funny how many of these companies are creating these, I mean, amazing systems, no doubt, but there's, they do everything. And I feel like we, so much is missed when people don't see, we don't need something that does everything. I need something that does just what I need, nothing more, nothing less. And that's easy. And, um, and that I can choose to change at any time. And those are kind of the principles that we built that secondary company around is flexibility, right? I don't want to hold your business hostage. I want you to be in control of it. I just want to give you the best tool that I can give you. And if you wield this hammer right, you're going to be successful. Right. As a business owner, I don't need the program, the tech that says, okay, here's all the contracts, here's the files, here's all what they get paid, but also here's what they like to eat for lunch. Yes. Yeah. I don't need all all that. And that's, and that's what's so funny. Like when I would look at adding these systems and I'm like, whoa, you get in this interface and you're like, what's that button for? And they're like, you don't need it. Well, what's that for? You don't need it. I'm like, then why am I buying all these buttons I don't need? Exactly. You don't know how many meetings my COO and I have had with tech companies for different HR programs that, oh, we have this great program. It marries instant messaging. It gives you what their dog likes to have. If they are a pet owner, if they like to swim, okay, where's the contracts? Where's the, how much am I paying them? How much, where's their files at for the books? Oh, well, that's a different uh, thing that we have to add on. Yeah, the, the thing that you need is actually an add-on. But look, we've got the, and that's kind of what the market seems to offer right now. And you know, I I really enjoy it. So I love going into the way that we recruit. Like we have a process. It's it's in and it's out. But anybody can operate that process however it seems fit for you. Right? It's like there's a. It will always trigger you to call this person back in X amount of days. It's going to tell you why you're calling them. But how you get to that screen, there's like five different ways and it's built so that it's whatever's comfortable for you. And I feel like a lot of software systems miss that part about being comfortable for the user. Yeah, we miss the user friendly. (laughs) I am not a tech savvy person. I may be, you know, under 60, but I'm not tech savvy. I don't need 50,000 buttons because all I'm going to do is go, oh, okay. I try it for a month and then I'm done with it. 
<laughs> yep, exactly. Or it's funny, like um, we just got a new TV and my boyfriend curses it. He says, whoever designed the remote put the, the one exit button, like right where your, your finger just goes to, to like turn the volume down. And he turns the TV off every time. And he's like, who designed this? And I ask that so many times when I, you know, will use a tech product or mm-hmm. uh, be able to come out and be like, did nobody think that like, why, why does this happen? And, you know, that's, we've spent three years thinking about why behind everything and right. And like different ways that things could work and just trying to be agile. And I think agility is what we lack in, in the world these days. So we, we try to be that for, you know, for our clients and those that use our system. This has been a very fun interview because everything that you're doing is things that we need to be doing anyways. Business owners, entrepreneurs, people looking to get a job, you know. Yes, yes. And well, and and those looking to hire, I work with so many companies that they are at threat of of losing, right, right now because they can't scale or you know fast enough. They can't hire. And I ask them what they're offering. And they're like, well, I'm, I'm offering this compensation and this bonus and this. I'm like, but what, but no, what are you offering? And so much people want to know what happens if my kid gets sick? Can mm-hmm. I be home? Right. What happens if I have to call in? What if happens if these things, you know, if X, Y, Z, people care about being able to be people. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, wish employers would realize that, that, you know, we need to really assess our demands. We need to really look at why we're asking people to do certain things and ask, is it suiting our businesses in the long run? And sometimes you can get away with paying a lot less if you just pay a little more attention to what the person wants as a human being. Yeah, it's 50-50 right now. It's not the pay scale, it's the people scale. Yeah, it's, um, you know, we're finding some companies are like, hey, COVID is over. Everybody back in the office Monday through Friday. And I know for me personally, my kids, I got a call two weeks ago that said, hey, we've decided to close the school tomorrow. And I'm like, what? So all of a sudden the school is closed. Mm -hmm. If I had to be in an office, I couldn't because I now have four kids that are at home. And um, and and I, you know, luckily I'm in a situation that I just had to call myself. But I have friends who their bosses have, um, they're just so tired of the flex, of having to be flexible that they have now mandated non-flexibility, right? You cannot call in unless you give at least 24-hour notice. And I'm like, I'm not even getting 24-hour notice from my school. Mm-hmm. So how can my employer demand that of me? And that's what we're finding is those companies that just want to go back to the way it was so bad, it, they're struggling. Not- Nothing is going to go back the the way there was two years ago, three years ago. It's not, it's gone. So we have to move forward. We can't move it backward. So you have to have the flexibility, but at the same time, if you're in manufacturing, if you're in something that you have to be in the building that because there is no online option, there has to be some type of flexibility there where they can be married. Absolutely. And, and so that's where we've kind of taken a, a swiveled approach to like having conversations with companies that are like that. They're like, hey, I need I need butts and seats right now. Right. Like no more working at home. And so we'll talk about getting creative. Well, what can we do to support our people? Can we open a daycare? Can we ha- you know, can we have a place that that they can take kids or can we 
have this flexibility. And we're finding that by just opening that line of communication, companies don't think about it, right? They're, they're quick to add a gym to make everybody happy, but adding daycare freaks them out. Right. I but have a like- wonderful thing. When I was working at a McDonald's, this is years ago, I had to bring my daughter to work with me a couple of times. This me, me bringing my daughter to work to sit at the McDonald's spurred a family night. Family night turned into one of the biggest things as an advertisement. Now you have the child interacting with other kids. You're paying an employee that's getting paid to entertain the, the kids. But at the same time, how much money are you making from those Happy Meals? Absolutely. No, and, and what's funny is that was an idea born out of your necessity. Mm-hmm. And your, you know, your employer could have said, no, you can't bring your kid here. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. But instead they embraced it. And that's that pivotal moment, right? It's the pivotal moment for a company where you can choose to say, no, we do it this way or to take a step back and say, maybe we need to do it a little different. Yeah. And that was 20 years ago. This is well before COVID. <laughs> but if you take the same mindset now, you know, we b- breathe things out of necessity. Well, if our kids have to be at work with mom or dad, what can we do to entertain the kids and make money? And it's funny, at the beginning of the pandemic, um, we had everybody working remotely, but everybody wanted to come back so badly, but we all had kids. So I said, I'll tell you what, I'll hire a teacher and we'll have our own pod. So we turned the front of our office into a school for the first few months before they totally shut things down, you know, during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And and it was kind of that, that change and everyone was so happy, right? Because their kids were taken care of. Everything was, all of their needs were met and we didn't lose one employee. And that wasn't the case with a lot of groups around me. Um, you know, they were losing people left and right. And the difference was their needs weren't being met. And, you know, us, us as employers, we just need to look, are we, are we meeting everyone's needs? And as employees, we need to ask ourselves, are our needs being met? And if they're not, find a place that they will be, because this is a, it's a great market to make sure that you're happy. It really is. And there's so much room to grow, to be happy. You don't have to be at that job you hate. You can grow to something you love. Yeah. And every day that you're at the job you hate is a day that you're not spending looking for what you love. Mm -hmm. And people have so much fear. Uh, I mean, there's been so much changes out in the world. I know every day I, people ask me, like, how are you today? I'm like, I woke up breathing. I'm great, right? Because mm-hmm. truly kind of the way we have to embrace our day-to-day. And I just, you know, wish people would see that, right? If every day you wake up breathing and happy is a day that you can take control of your life and do something awesome with it. Exactly. But on that note, we are almost out of time. So one more time, where can our listeners and our viewers find you? Um, check me out on LinkedIn under Amanda Normine. Or you can also reach us directly through our website, normindlombard.com or signal, S-Y-G-N-L dot U-S. And for all of our viewers and our listeners, thank you for listening. And for recruiting needs, get a hold of Amanda. Thank you so much for having me. Have a wonderful rest of the week. You as well. And thank you.
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.